Welcome, everyone, to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that's a little short for a stormtrooper. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, world. And Robin. Hey. And not Lorelai. Sad face. Yes. Boo. So I'm going to start up top with saying that if anyone out there is listening and has noticed, it's been two weeks since we've recorded. And just because of everyone's schedule and the amount of time it takes to edit the episodes, and we all have day jobs and we all have other stuff going on. So we skipped recording last week, and now we're recording this week, and we're going to continue on a bi-weekly. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah, bi-weekly. Does bi-weekly mean every two weeks and also twice a week? Oh, yeah, that is kind of interesting. We're going to record every every two weeks. Every other week. Every other week we are going to record. Ish. Anyway, that's the story. Hey, if you're listening, why don't you maybe go over to Twitter? Give us a like or a follow on Twitter. We are at Krypton Alderon on Twitter. You can send us a message. Uh, we're at Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. You could leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever or however you're listening to this. We would just like to hear from you and see who's listening. So yeah, let us know. Drop us a line. Spell check Alderon. Yeah. A-A-N. What was my song last time? A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N. Yeah. <laughs> Two A's in Alderon. <laughs> There's actually three. I thought about that <laughs> every time I listen to that episode. <laughs> Oh Someone should have corrected him. So it would good. have been funny. Oh, that's uh, so good. We have a review. Do we really? We do. All right. This is, Woo! All right. And I will read it on the air. The review is by Tree Tree G, whoever that is. I have no idea. Never heard of her before. Thanks, Tree Tree. Uh, she, I'm assuming it's a she, says, uh, she gives us five stars and says, Ooh. this podcast is perfect for the people who like to listen to people talk about things they like in a non-annoying way. Nice. <laughs> Fun to track your own opinions with those of the hosts. Huh. So there we have it. Wow. Tree Tree G? Yeah. Wow. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, Tree Tree. That Tell is all your friends. Uh, a refreshing take on the podcast. So here's she the said, thing. not annoying, guys. Yeah, so, so here's my favorite part of that was as you read in a not annoying way, Royce just went, Yeah. So you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't hear it on the podcast, but my jaw dropped because the thing is, you, you make this stuff and you hope people enjoy it. You don't know until you get feedback. So thank you, Tree Tree G, for reaching out and leaving an awesome review. Glad you're listening. And leave us a review if you are listening. Yeah. Gosh darn it. I also have another review. It's a little less formal. It's via text message. My friend Patrick listened to the podcast. Hey, Patrick, I hope you're listening now. And his review was, he listened to the episode where we're talking about Star Wars and I was talking about Rogue One. And uh, his review was, quote, I like Rogue One. How dare you? (laughs) Unquote. So two reviews. No, but I, I like think that, both though. stellar. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because we're just talking, you know? Yep. There's no ulterior motive. Krypton to Alderaan. We're just talking. Who talks first? Who talks first? <laughs> All right. So, what I've been into, uh, I've been into a lot of things in the past two weeks. I think we're going to talk a lot about them. So, anyway, I'm going to go back to something I brought up a couple episodes ago where I had started Four Weddings and a Funeral and then started it over with our roommate. And then Lorelai got back, and so I started it over again. So having started it three times, I have finished Four Weddings and a Funeral. And then we watched the movie from 1994. It's just no good. (laughs) Really? It's just no good. I mean, it has a very high, like, rating, and I've heard people like it and blah, blah, blah. 
It's just not. I mean, the show is very good. Man, <laughs> episode seven is killer. Until you get it. There's 10 episodes. It's easy. It's just easy peasy. Is it good right away or is it you have to wait until it picks up? I think it's good right away. I'm not necessarily, you don't necessarily like the characters. Ever? Maybe. (laughs) I mean, there's some characters. Sounds like you got to watch it. There's some characters you really like. The main characters are kind of like, you know, if you're into friends, you might like it. But if you think, wow, this is just a group of sociopaths that don't care about anyone but themselves, then yeah, it's that. (laughs) But good. And so that's what I've been into. I've been reading a series of Darth Vader comics from various comic creators over various years, and they're all good. And Doc, that's it. Is that Dr. Your turn or whatever? Uh, no, one of them is, they're both, so one of them is called Darth Vader or Vader, and it's by Kieran Gillen, Gillen and it's Vader later. <laughs> you know? Maybe Vader someday, someday later. later. Uh, it's Vader immediately after A New Hope. It's just good. The artwork's good. The story's good. He hires Boba Fett to find more out about the pilot that blew up the Death Star, and Boba Fett's the one who tells him that his name's Skywalker. And Crazy. It's very good. And then the one by Chuck Soul is called Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and it's by Charles Soule. That book starts right after Revenge of the Sith. Like, immediately at Revenge of the Sith. So I'm reading them at the same time, and they're both very good. You can just feel young Vader that is still, like, Anakin in Charles Soule's Dark Lord of the Sith. And he's, like, very new to being the most powerful being in the galaxy. And he just, like, takes some hits. He gets shot. He gets beaten up. And then you fast forward to Gillen or Jillen's... Vader post A New Hope. You can really see, it's very interesting reading them both at the same time is my point because you can really see the transition yeah. and like Kills early Vader to late Vader. Yeah, And it's just, they're both really great books and that sort of transition is really cool to see. Cool. Yep. Are you going to shout out your uh Oh LBC? yeah, go, uh, <laughs> go um, you know, anyone out there listening, go to your local comic book store and pick any one of these up or order them. They're trade paperbacks now. You can just show up and can you pick get these on or, like uh, Amazon books, like a digital version? Yeah, we're not promoting Amazon because that's a big. Does that exist for comic books though? Can yeah. I like read it on my iPad? Yeah, cool. Comicsology is a digital library of comic books owned by Amazon. Mm. What you could do if you want to read it digitally is a lot of local libraries have an app that you can get or. There's a general app out there that you can sign into with a library card. Yeah, yeah. And then you can read if they have digital versions. Rent of their the books. one digital copy. Yes. That's wild. I never knew, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What All do right. you got, Royce? Is, is it my turn? So today I finished season one of Mayans MC. Did they build the pyramid? Not those kind of Mayans, but they are Latino. Hmm. So the reason I'm watching it is because it, the first season was a gift to me from Robin's brother, Jay. Shout out to Jay. Thank you. Does he listen? No, but he will now. All right, great. (laughs) He's going to love it. Tell your friends, Jay. But spoiler alert, Jay, for season one of Mayans MC. What does MC stand for? Motorcycle Club. 
Good so God. Mayans is a sequel to Sons of Anarchy, the other motorcycle club TV show. With Peg Bundy. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. And she and was Leela. in the she was in the um pilot of Mayans. They like brought a couple of people over from that show. So it seems like they're actually like gonna do more stuff. They said there's gonna be a prequel to Sons of Anarchy as well, maybe like in the works. Wow. So there's gonna be a whole motorcycle club universe. Is it gonna be called Babies of Anarchy? <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, it's a show about bad guys doing bad guy stuff. But it's all it's this Latino motorcycle club. FX was looking for a Latino-based show at the time. And they're like, how do we get, you know, Spanish-speaking people interested in our channel? And they're like, we'll do a show all about the Spanish motorcycle club. So anyway, I'm not really selling this well to comic book fans, uh, <laughs> but I just watched the first season and it's okay. But <laughs> if you- <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's not selling it. <laughs> Uh, but if you like Sons of Anarchy, it's like the same kind of thing uh-huh. where you're just like, okay, they're on motorcycles. It's basically the OC with motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> Does that help any of the so comic So I'd be like viewers? the nerdy one who wants to build his own motorcycle and, and sail it across the world. Well, you would appreciate it. You would appreciate it. Or maybe uh, comic book fans would appreciate it because the main characters in both Sons of Anarchy and in Mayans, it's like a guy who's in the motorcycle club and is living this outlaw life, but is like a nice guy at heart and wants to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of struggle between like, well, you're in this like world where we're selling drugs and people are getting murdered and it's a bad world, uh, but they want to do well and they're trying to find that balance, you know, the dark side and the light, the Mayans and the suns. Also, there's definitely some nods to like political culture of today's universe because yeah. they're, they're right on... Uh, the like Mexico, California border or whatever. They're in Mexico sometimes or in California sometimes yeah. and there's a lot of border crossing puns in there. Mm, topical. But I just finished it and I'm, it leaves you hanging and wanting more. You're like, ooh, I want to want to see the next season. So Jay, can't wait for my 31st birthday. I hope I get season two. <laughs> and that's what I've been into. All right, great. <laughs> Over to Robin. Yay. Uh, this week I'm into The Politician, which is also on Netflix. Have you heard anything about that? I've seen it. Netflix does this really annoying thing where if you don't constantly scroll, it auto plays stuff. So I've seen it through that. Which is why I started watching it because it started auto play. (laughs) I was like, fuck it. Just let it play. (laughs) Well, I, I was like. Huh. And then I watched the preview and I'm like, okay, that seems pretty cool. In the first like episode or two, I wasn't super into it, mm-hmm. but I binged like five episodes last night and it's actually pretty interesting. It's about a high school kid who wants to be president one day. So he spends his entire life trying to like be class president and get into Harvard and not watch porn. Pretty much. He tries to just, like, he's not, he keeps saying he's not a good person, but he does good things because he wants to be president one day. I see. It's a good show, though. It's very interesting. And I'm at the point in the show where he's in college and he's, like, across the country and everyone's kind of like, who are you? Because he didn't, so far, has not really followed his plan for his life and he hasn't really achieved what he wanted to achieve. Hmm. So I'm interested to see where it goes. So far, so good. I think I have, I would assume, probably at least a few episodes left. But it's good. Nice. Everyone should watch it. They're really pulling out this 10-episode stuff, which is nice. It's a good amount. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, I don't remember exactly what it was for Mayans, but it was about that. It was like three or four DVDs and there was like only three episodes on each, so. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about, last episode we talked a lot about Smallville and... 
I got a little fumbly with remembering what stuff happened in what season. And I realized that it was because I was trying to think of it in terms of like a 10 or 13 episode season. But back then, seasons were 23 episodes long. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I like the show 24. They had to have 24 episodes, except for one season where it was like 12. That was kind of weird. Was it still called 24? Yeah. They had to do two days an episode? <clears throat> that they just, I mean, wait, two hours was, an episode? <laughs> it made sense because they were like, it's going to still be the real-time format, but it's not going to be a whole day for the season. That's mm, all. Interesting stuff. Anyway, all right, let's get into <laughs> it. Okay, here we go. So many things happened. Last episode, we talked about the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover CW superhero shows, right? right? And then- We got to see Brandon Routh in the Superman suit, his Kingdom Come Superman suit. It looks dope. Big fan of that suit. It just looks good. So it is the Superman from Superman Returns, which is also, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode, but the Superman, Superman Returns is a sequel to Christopher Reeve's Superman. Okay. So the Christopher Reeves movie and Superman Returns, same universe. And so now this, Brandon Routh in Crisis on Infinite Earths, is the older version of that Superman, which is very interesting. It's a good take. Even though I don't really like Superman Returns, I think this is an interesting way to do it. They're like bringing him in from that movie, which is cool. Mm. Suit looks dope. Can't wait for it. Very excited. Uh, We're going to actually touch back on this in a few minutes. So that was one thing that happened. Another thing that happened was that Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum are going to be in the next Jurassic Park movie. Nostalgia. Right? Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? I think they're... That's not a question for the group. This is just like, (laughs) we're just rolling through some stories here to be like, all this stuff happened. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna list all these, and then I'm gonna give you guys the chance to decide what you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Disney announced that Kevin Feige is gonna be making a Star Wars movie, and so I think that's a topic worth. It's discussing. probably the most interesting. Yeah. So Kevin Feige, Marvel, basically, he's overseeing all the Marvel movies. He's been the producer for the Marvel movies and the Marvel TV shows. And so now he's going to be producing a Star Wars movie. Now, so The Last Jedi came out the Christmas before Infinity War came out. And so I think The Last Jedi was kind of, I mean, I didn't really enjoy it, but it was kind of a mess of three different plot lines going on at the same time and then switching from plot line to plot line. It was kind of clunky and uncomfortable. But then in Infinity War, there were three different plot lines going on and it just never felt awkward in any way. Yeah, The transitions were good. They spent like a very appropriate amount of time with each storyline. And so you didn't get like tired of what was happening and wanting to figure out what was going on like over on the side. So I think this is this could be a really healthy thing for Star Wars at this point. What do you guys think? To bring in a professional? <laughs> well, uh, they've had professionals, but like some like they're killing it. Like yeah, he knows Marvel what is to do. Killing it, right. You know, it's it's like you were just saying like anybody can do a podcast. Like yes, but some people are killing it and others are not. And when it comes to cinematic movie universes, Marvel is killing it. Others are not. Star Wars, DC, Universal Monsters, you know? 
So I think it's a good idea to be like, let's bring, you trade baseball players around, you know? Like, let's get the winning player on our team and uh, he'll breathe, breathe some new life in it. And maybe like inspire other things. Like maybe it's, there could be so much more going on as like, is this an experiment or is it just like a one-off? So he can be like, I like Star Wars. Can I make one? Hey, can I come to the party? What do you think? I'm just thinking about the fact that you said it's like trading players and sports or whatever. Like Does a that devalue it to you? No, I just think it's funny because I picture them like, we'll trade you Kevin Feige for Ryan Johnson. Then Ryan Johnson directs the next Marvel movie and it's a complete catastrophe. <laughs> well, does Kevin Feige direct? He doesn't direct the films though. He has not directed to to my knowledge. So what is it? He has not directed this, but he produced- Star Wars movie, he's going to be a something? Wizard. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean. Like, I don't know if there's that many details about it. Like, he's not writing, directing every single Marvel movie. That but would be he's going to walk in the room and slap someone upside the head when they start fucking it I up. I feel like you would call him in to help develop the universe, period, rather than be like, just make one film, because that's all it is, is one film. Well, I'm sure if it's at the moment, at least if it's good and it's successful, they would probably. I would think it's a trial. Yeah, because it it sounds like it's going to be like a totally one-off thing, different from everything else. So it wouldn't have a lot of pressure on it. But maybe he'd be like, "I'm going to plant some seeds." He's been a producer of the Marvel movies, but I think in my mind, the title of producer sometimes really doesn't. It's just a money, you know. It's just sort of a money thing. It's not really an oversight thing. But I think he's provided the oversight, and because of that, and sort of. Kevin Feige being maybe passionate about the quality of this stuff. They've all been really good. Is there one bad Marvel movie? Some people don't like the first two Thor movies, but they're extremely watchable films. I mean, they're good. They're not, they don't they're make not you want to stop they're not watching bad. Marvel films. Right, right. The second one's not They're different great. universes, though. Like, comic book people, like, maybe that just works better than Star Wars, which is more, like, it's expanded, you know? But well, it's more of like a linear timeline kind of thing. And people are very attached to like, this is the only version of this. Well, Comic books have many versions. So it's a little yeah. bit more acceptable to see them in such different lights. And the characters have their own things already. So it's already been set up as like a universe, even though now it's a cinematic universe. Star Wars wasn't really set up as a universe. It was these three films, then these other three films, now these other three films, and everything else was that like offshoot expanded thing. I think, well, I don't know, because I think it's very similar for Star Wars in that it exists in this. Okay, so there was a tremendous amount of content before The Force Awakens. Sure. And, you know, all of that is, all of that expanded universe is legendary now. Doesn't, for Star Wars, doesn't matter. But there's a ton of stuff. I think that Star Wars exists in the same vein almost as Marvel does, where there's a cinematic universe but there's also what everyone else is creating. There's books, there's comic books, there's fan films, there's TV shows, there's all this stuff. And apparently Kevin Feige is a very big Star Wars fan. So he might've been sitting around watching these films like we do and being like, well, it's not how I would have done it. And obviously that's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. He just needs to bring sort of a little bit of that Marvel momentum to Disney, I think, especially with the Skywalker saga ending and all of this sort of flip-flopping with the next trilogy that's is going to be Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Is it going to be the Game of Thrones, guys? But now they're only doing one, you know, of the three that they got. So Kevin Feige might be able to come in and get the ball rolling on... If he's a fan, then... He must already pot- have an idea. Then there's the potential for him to maybe have the same the same idea as one of us right. street 
level fans. Imagine they like, said no to him. Yeah. He's like, I got a, I got a story I'd like to yeah. shoot by you, Kathleen. And she's like, nah, no thanks. We got some story treatments from George Lucas. Yeah. I wonder how long he's been... I wonder how long this has been a thing. Like, did he... Has this, like... He's probably like, why the fuck haven't you called me already? Yeah, exactly. Like, is that how the meeting went? Like, we work in the same building What are you going to do after episode whatever. nine? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a plan? Because they went into this whole trilogy without a plan. Right. They Like, J.J. Abrams did his thing with Force Awakens and it was supposed had his to be mystery box. Three different directors, yeah. But they, they also didn't have, like, last episode you were talking about George Lucas having, like, ideas for prequels and whatnot, like, already. It's documented that they didn't know what they were going to do for the other movies. They'd figure it out. Yeah, it's like coming into an episode of Krypton to Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is on your list at all or if this is a good idea to bring up or not, but uh, I saw either like a title of a YouTube video or an article floating around and it was like, sorry, whoever I'm stealing this content from, but should Marvel actors be in Star Wars movies? How that makes people feel. Didn't watch it or read it or whatever, but yeah. like, that's the thing I kind of worry about. It, it's interesting to bring over technical people that are like, I will produce the content, but I wonder if that also means like, now Robert Downey Jr. is going to be a Jedi. Yeah. No, I don't think that... He's Sifo-Dyas. Oh, finally. No, Sifo-Dyas was in the Clone Wars animated show, so watch it. Uh, I think... It's going to be a Mace Windu. What's the other guy with the eye patch? The guy from Marvel <laughs> with the eye patch. What's Odin? his name? No, the Nick other guy Fury? with the eye patch. Yeah, Nick Fury. It's going to be a Mace Windu, Nick Fury mashup film. It's a Mace, Mace Windu, Nick Fury buddy cop film. And one of them with is a Shaft. scroll. <laughs> I just would love relatively unknown actors. Right. Like having that transition in, in any form, but for this example, we'll say a Marvel name come to play someone in Star Wars will take me out of totally. the movie. Like, it's a distraction. And I need to be fully engrossed in that stuff. Like, that's why yeah. I go. I want to be, like, I need to be taken out of my seat and into this universe. And, like, who knew who Liam Neeson was when... Liam Neeson was in Chandler's List. That was it, though. Like... That was a pretty big movie. It was. You're right. That's a good point. I got but, one. But it was like Schindler's List and then Who knows uh, what The Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah, that- Ewan McGregor was a little itty bitty baby. Yeah. You know? All right. We've talked for too long about this. We're just going to move into the big thing for this episode and hopefully you guys are into it. Let's call this a segment. Let, from now on, when I don't provide you all with any information on what we're going to talk about, let's have this segment and have it be called... I hope you all are into this. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on to your butts. So today, sort of yesterday, but mostly today, uh, Joker premiered and we're all still here. Hopefully the world still exists outside these walls, but Joker came out, people went to see it. And as far as when I've looked two minutes ago, nothing horrible happened. Okay, that's where you're going with this, huh? Yeah. This yeah. horrible big controversy that I that I genuinely don't know if just was a stupid publicity thing or an actual this film is evil and violent thing and there's talk on the internet about doing terrible things. We can have a big long discussion about how I feel people use Video culture games and make content. People exactly. Crazy. It's that, it's the thing with comic books, and yeah. we can have discussions about that. But anyway, my point is the Joker came out and we're all still here and everything seemingly fine. Maybe some horrible things happen somewhere and I will. Apologize I definitely later like for- that hype about it being like someone's gonna 
Do something funky. It kept me from going. Doesn't make you want to go, right? Yeah, it kept me from going. Yeah. Which sucks. But anyway, that being said... No, I okay, so wait, can we rewind a little bit to rewind. when we saw Dark Knight? Yeah, that's rises? my point. That's so, Is it Rises? Or? It was Rises. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there was but a shooting. In Colorado. And, anyway, though, the family of that had something to say about Joker and why Joker has to be so violent and sort of incite things like that. I remember the day after we saw that movie and then your dad was like, you hear about the what? And we were like, whoa, like that could have been us. And we had some bozos in our theater yeah, that were like, these guys suck. And I worry about that every time I go to the movies. Like, is this going to be, you know, like literally where are the exits? Like you have to think about that stupid it stuff when sucks. you're going to the film. Like in, I'm going to say in America as in, a, you know, in the United States, I should say. That that's the thing you have to worry. Like that's probably the last. I'm premiere. gonna go see a comic book movie. I might have to worry about my life. As yeah, that's like the last premiere I went to, and before that, I went to midnight premiere. When midnight premieres were a thing, I was at like every midnight premiere. Yeah, I don't want to go. Just kind of now, I go to like five dollar Tuesdays at AMC. I honestly don't think the security's that great either. It's not. It's like you can just walk in, you know? Yeah, that's what I, no as soon security. as we walk in, that's the first thing I think, like this poor, like, high school student taking the tickets is the point of entry. You know what I mean? Well, especially in this theater, like, you walk right from the mall so people walk in with, like, bags full of stuff yeah. from shopping and, like, backpacks and they're not screened whatsoever. There's no, like, metal detectors or security. Like, you said it's a high school kid. I want to have faith in people, but... Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. It <laughs> could be what we talk we're about. another plot Maybe, twist so here? what I want to do, this is going to come up, but what I want to do is I do want us to see Joker and then talk, we'll talk about it. And I think this conversation will probably come back up with us understanding a little bit more when we've seen the movie. But, okay. Let's talk about this movie we've never seen before. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to talk about the movie, but what we're going to talk about is, and tell me if you guys are into this, we're going to go through every on-screen representation of the Joker and discuss likes, dislikes, what we probably don't know about that representation of the Joker. Because there's a few that we're going to know, and there's there's... Okay, so I'm just gonna go be. Through. I'm just, just gonna be go blunt. Through. We're just gonna be blunt. We're just gonna put it out there. I'm gonna know all of them, and you guys are gonna know not all of them. Uh, all right. I Jack, feel like Jack I know, Nicholson. I, yeah, I feel like Jack I Nicholas. I know a little bit. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> all right. First up is Caesar Romero from Batman '66. So I'm going to try to make this exclusively movie, movie-based, which with one exception. So Cesar Romero, Batman 66. Uh, are you guys familiar no. with him at all? Obviously, Batman, Adam West, Batman was a silly show. And Burt Ward as Robin. It was all just very silly. And they actually, I don't know if you guys know this, they actually didn't have an Alfred because it was too sort of risque. Of, you know, have a butler? No, it was kind of like a... Batman and his ward, plus a butler living in the same house. It was a very sort of, what's the right word? Close-minded concern. Uh, he should have a sexy yeah. assistant. Yeah. They had Aunt Harriet as the sort of live-in person at, at Wayne Manor. Hey, well, weren't you saying the what-if machine? This would be great. I'd love to see the, like, you <laughs> that know, was for roles, re roles reversed or whatever. Yeah, let's do it. That's probably my most notable thing about the Adam West Batman TV show. The most notable thing about Cesar Romero as the Joker was, I mean, the makeup was great, right? He looked the part. That looks pretty good. But he... Uh, I, I guess for the time he had this sort of, in his acting career, he had this iconic mustache. So he refused to shave the mustache. <laughs> so they just painted over it. So if like you see pictures of him, you could see the 
the I feel like standards for like the, the visuals movies, though were not as high in the movie. They couldn't couldn't uh, ha- they didn't have the budget to Photoshop it out. Yeah, that worked really well with Batman uh, with Justice League. Photoshop his mustache off so his lip looks weird the whole fucking time. <laughs> All right, so Cesar Romero, I think uh, worth a watch, good. guys. What what was the like um uh like vocal performance like? Because I feel like the way he like talks is it, it's sort of a silly clowny. Maybe what you'd expect from a Joker type thing. Okay. But just like the content of the show and the lines and it was all just kind of ridiculous. And all right. So Cesar Romero. That's a handy little website you got there. Yeah. I thought about it on the way. So I I conceived. (laughs) It came to me in a dream. I conceived of all of these. Well, I conceived of everything we would talk about, including our main talking point on the drive here. So next we'll go with Jack Nicholson. We could probably talk the most about this. Batman 89, Michael Keaton. We're all familiar with that film. Yeah. Or do we need to watch it? Tell you what, we're going to watch it anyway. We're going to watch every on-screen movie representation of the Joker. I, I believe I own them. Is that a... Danny Elfman? Yeah. 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 That's This is also Danny DeVito, Penguin, right? That's the sequel. Same... Same, the Tim Burton. Same cast, right? Michael Keaton played Batman. Yeah, Yeah. so Batman and Batman Returns, Tim Burton. And so Jack Nicholson was Jack Napier slash the Joker in the first one. Penguin was in the second one. And then Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones (laughs) in the third one. But that wasn't Tim Burton. That was Joel Schumacher. Anyway. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Good effort. I cannot remember which is which. So what do you guys think about this Joker performance? We've all seen this movie. I had no attachment to like those films. I'd seen it. But I think he's a really awesome actor. Like he he is a little crazy. You have to be a little crazy to be be the Joker. And uh, like that earlier dude name can't remember again. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero seemed a little bit like more of a normal guy almost. I haven't seen that. But, like, whether or not he's silly on the show. Yeah. Like, he seems more of a normal person, whereas Jack Nicholson. I could imagine him erupting into crazy Joker stuff and being like, whoa, calm down. And him being like, you know, I just see him as an actor embodying what I think the Joker to be. Yeah. Uh, But the visuals are so silly with the, like, over-the-top makeup. Like, it's too perfect sometimes, you know? Yeah. Until they get into a scene where there's, like, they rough each other up or whatever. Well, with Jack Nicholson, it's not makeup. He gets pushed in the vat of acid or some some chemical right. in the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. of the movie. What do you got? I like his performance a lot. In general, those, I mean, the first two movies in that trilogy, I like a lot. And I remember, like, that as a kid. There's four of them? We have it. I have the DVD of all four. I think I do, too. I thought there was only three, though. Oh, my. Anyway, so I like the first two a lot. Yeah. And I remember, like, as a kid growing up, like, this is Batman and Joker and, yeah. you know, Penguin and Catwoman. Like, these are the people who, when you say Batman, like, I picture Michael Keaton, Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson, all those people. Yeah, that's been, like, replaced for me. But for a time, that was definitely it. Like, I thought of that very, like, clunky plastic Batman suit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that was the imagery I thought of as well. It's been replaced by the new newer newer versions. No, that still does it for me. And then like you said, like Danny Elfman and Tim Burton, two of my favorite combination of people ever. That's such a so cool that's a, that's a feel big thing for, for me Batman. Too. Yeah. You know, like the theatrical kind of over the, the, the whatever you want to I like that a lot. That. I'm a big fan of that. It's great. One thing that I think Tim Burton did really well that I don't think anyone else has done well with Batman movies is making Gotham Gotham. He made the city look horrible. 
look like this horrible place, and no one else has really done that. They changed a lot around with this, though. My prediction is that we will watch these movies and... Well, when's the let me ask this? When's the last time you've seen this? Talk about like Batman eighty nine. Yeah, I re- I remember definitely within the past like I want to say three years or so I've watched them. So you've watched them relatively recently and still enjoyed them. Yeah, I thought they were great. My feeling is if I watch this, I don't think I'm going to think that it holds up. They're so different from our expectations yeah. of movies now, especially I, comic book movies. I really don't like the premise of the first one, Jack Napier, before he becomes the Joker, is the one who murders Bruce Wayne's parents. Like, they change that for the movie. So I don't really like that. I don't like the, did you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight thing? Like, I don't understand what that, did you just come up with a line that you thought was cool? And I don't really understand the meaning. Maybe if I watched it again, I'd pick up on something that makes that meaningful. But yeah, I don't know. So it was Batman 89 and then Batman Returns and then Batman Forever and Batman and and Robin were still supposed to be in the same franchise even though it was three different Batmans. Yes. In Batman (laughs) Forever. I am outraged. Batman Forever was Val Kilmer Mm -hmm. and then the kid who played Robin. And then Batman and Robin was George Clooney Mm -hmm. in the kid. And that that one had Nicole Kidman as Poison Ivy and the first on-screen interpretation of Bane which was horrible. Those movies were horrible. And And in fact... This is the one with Mr. Freeze. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nicole Nicole Kidman, Mr. Freeze, and Bane. Mm -hmm. Yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember that one more than than the others for some reason. Probably probably because I seem to recall... That's the one I recall like those McDonald's commemorative cups. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the clear ones that had the stuff on them. Mr. Freeze, nonstop puns. In right. that movie, yeah, Ice yeah. to Meet You, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Nonstop. I mean, they're also worth a watch, but we're doing like a joke Marvel thing. does, though. The, you know what I mean? They're looking to fit in the jokes and the family stuff. It's no good. Stuff. It's no good. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But also, How, you know, give him some points, man. At one point in that movie, I think it's the fourth one. Yeah, it's got to be the fourth one. George Clooney and the guy who plays Robin wash up on this piece of metal and it's rusted and full of holes. And Robin says, holy rusted metal, Batman. Everyone's shaking their heads here, folks. (laughs) To sum up, pivotal Joker for our childhood, probably the first one we were introduced to. Like Batman 89, Somebody is going to have this conversation about like Obi-Wan's and Han Solo's and... (laughs) We could have the Han Solo one right now. We could have both of them right now. Someone's going to like, you know, not the one that you want to say. You're right. Let's keep going. So this is the one I think we're going to divulge a little bit because he has been in some animated... He's done the voiceover in animated movies, but he's such a prevalent voice actor. He did the cartoon. He's done the video games. He's done some animated movies. The Joker that means the most to me is Mark Hamill. It's just amazing to me that he had such an influence on my nerdy That he snuck in and everywhere he could. Yeah, I... I didn't. It didn't hit me back then when I was watching this stuff on TV. But it's like, yeah, Mark Hamill was at least two extremely iconic nerd roles. Yeah, and so he's just an excellent voice actor. His delivery, the laugh, everything about the Joker that he played is amazing. Even from like a PG sense on the cartoon 
to a more mature sense in like the Arkham video games and maybe some of the animated movies. But that's what I grew up with and maybe not necessarily thinking that Jack Nicholson was that great of a Joker. The When we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, the one that comes to my mind first and always as the Joker is Mark Hamill. Let's talk about how familiar you guys are with the Batman animated series. I've, I've seen like a few episodes, but I haven't watched a lot of it. I haven't seen it recently, but definitely would have watched a ton when it of was it. on. Yeah. Robin, are you familiar with Mark Hamill's portrayal of the Joker on the show? I mean, just the laugh is iconic. Like you I'm you sure. feel like you had to have heard it somewhere. I'm sure that I've seen it and I've heard it. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I yeah. think I watched I didn't watch it a lot, but I think I watched enough episodes that I'm sure he was in yeah. at least a couple of them. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. Whatever it is, he, he also knows a clown, to... also an evil clown. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> we call it. We will call it the it factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now just, you're shaking your head. Yeah, <laughs> but he, I think you're right though. He nails it though. Yeah, it was also really interesting that he's like so, so big in voice acting, but he's not in a lot of on-screen things. Like he was like in a new TV show recently or whatever, but I don't know what else he's been on screen for. But it seems so smart to be like, I'm going to be Luke Skywalker and a bunch of stuff where you won't see my face and I'll never take you out of the world and I'll just be Luke Skywalker for eternity. And he's accepted that with extreme grace. I love that about Mark Hamill. Well, of course he has, because he has also, like aside from Star Wars, he has an extremely, like an amazing career and like, People like Joey are like, he's the Joker, right. you know? But other people like Harrison Ford are like, please don't ask me about Star Wars anymore. He's yeah. not quite as like, I'm sure he's grateful, but he's not into being the spokesperson for it. Yeah. Also, Mark Hamill was uh, Skips, I think, on regular show. He was also the trickster on the in the 90s Flash TV show. He's also the trickster on the current Flash TV show. I'm sure show. he's a lot, lot of other Easter egg things that you didn't know. He just, he does a lot of voice acting in the new Justice League Unlimited animated show, which I think is very good. Uh, oh, he's... He voices one of the characters on in the Dark Crystal, the Netflix Dark oh, Crystal yeah. series. Hmm. Dude, it's cool that he's up for whatever. You're like, you want me to do a character? Yeah. It's, okay. Does he talk like this? It's exactly always <laughs> the same voice, but it's such a good voice. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to watch some Batman movies with the Joker, but then we're going to watch some animated. I don't really want to watch the movie that I could think of where he voice acts the Joker, Batman movie that I could think of, because I don't really like it. So we're going to pick a couple of episodes of Batman the Animated Series to watch. He's very good. There's a late addition to this menu, which I just thought of while we were talking about Mark Hamill, which is... Uh, the animated movie for The Dark Knight Returns, which is very good. We're going to watch it as part of this. It's a two-parter, but it's so very good. It's based off a comic book that's also very good. But in the movie, Michael Emerson voices the Joker, who played Ben Linus yeah, yeah. on Lost. He would so be a good Joker. He was a pretty good Joker. He's only like... Kind of is a Joker. Yeah. I'm lost anyway. I've yeah. never seen him in nothing else, so. <laughs> yeah, he was on a he was on some other show. Anyway, not important. Of interest. That one. So, he was the Joker. We probably don't have any feelings about him because no one else has seen that movie except me, but I'm sure he did fantastic. It's a very good movie. He's a good voice actor. He plays a very crazy Joker. He doesn't have it's just the laugh. You know, it's just the maniacal laugh that I can only attribute to. That's why I I first asked Caesar Romero 
about like what what did he sound like? Yeah, I don't I feel really that's remember more more important, you know, like because visually you put him in a purple suit and some like white makeup, and that's like yeah ninety percent there, but then the laugh is like a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, and I've only seen a couple of episodes of the Adam West stuff and the movie, and it was it's just so long ago, and it's also so silly. It's very hard. It's to hard to watch. go back that and watch stuff see? like that. And how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ben Linus was Batman once and it was good. That's we'll cool. watch it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go. I think best of the best performances on screen, live action, Heath Ledger. I yeah, think yeah. the Christopher Nolan Batman universe, if I watched it today, I do not believe that I think it would hold up. Begins is not, everyone likes Begins, but it's not as good as like Dark Knight. Like Dark Knight. Dark Knight is at the top of the list. That's one of my favorite movies. Batman ever. movies, it's at the top. Yeah. But the reason the Dark Knight is at the top is because of the Joker. Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker is exactly what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago when we started this conversation. Joaquin Phoenix's movie is the origin story of the Joker, which I personally don't want. I want him to just exist. And that's Heath Ledger's Joker. And the first time he tells you how he got his scars in the movie, you're like, oh, he has an origin. And then he tells you two more times in the movie and they're both different. So he's just like, this guy actually paints his face. He's got these scars that you don't know where they came from. He actually, he's not like burned or anything. He actually paints his face. His hair is green. He looks gross. The first thing he does is shove a guy's head onto a pencil. He burns money. He blows up hospitals. He's unpredictable. It's great. He's just this chaotic human being. It's a great movie and it's the exact portrayal of the Joker that I that I've wanted like just comes into existence because it's a reaction to Batman so the same is true for the Joker in the Dark Knight Returns animated movie where Ben Linus voices the Joker the premise for the Dark Knight Returns is that Bruce Wayne got old and Jason Todd the second Robin got murdered by the Joker and after that happened Batman hung up the cowl, gave up being Batman, and Bruce Wayne got old. In The Dark Knight Returns, Bruce Wayne is like, fuck this, I'm getting back in the game. And once it's, like, televised, once it becomes known that Batman's back, the Joker comes back. The Joker's been, like, in a catatonic state since Batman retired. And so the Joker, it's just this idea that the Joker only exists because Batman exists. Batman, as much good as Batman tries to do, letting the Joker continue to exist because you need to exist just causes these horrible things to keep happening. That's the premise that I like, and that's what Heath Ledger brought, and that's why I think Heath Ledger is my favorite movie portrayal of the Joker. How do each of you feel? He's probably my favorite one. He's definitely the one in most recent memory that would pop into my head. Like if you said the Joker, I immediately picture him, even though he's not obviously who I grew up with being the Joker. But I think he does an incredible job. I think just the performance is amazing. And like you said, it's so awesome and chaotic. That's exactly who you want the Joker to be. Mm -hmm. It's too good. Yeah. He died for the performance. You know what I mean? Like, it's so good. He went so far, like, to be that crazy. It's sad to think about. Yeah. But it is an amazing work of actor prowess, whatever that is. What he was able to pull out of, like, words on a page and, like, emote. Totally awesome performance. Yeah. Yeah. And the laugh was good. 
Laugh was really, really good. He did all this, like, all the jokers, like, stand sideways and stuff. Like, he his shoulders were always, like, up in his, like, neck, you know? And he was, yeah. like, very so, off kilter. Right. That, like, sells it for me, too, because you're like, nobody stands like that, you yeah, know? Like, what are you doing, man? weird, chaotic thing. And it's portrayed sometimes as sort of a marionette-type thing, mm-hmm. and there's, like, the Harley Quinn aspect of it and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so. that's all, like really sells you on it rather than, I haven't seen this Cesar Romero guy. But, <laughs> Keep coming back to that. Don't worry, you're going to see. But he looks like a normal dude. Like he would just kind of walk into a room like kind of suave, yeah. you know what I mean? And not- Cesar Romero, very suave. Not yeah. be as off-kiltered as right. someone who would eventually take their own life to you know yeah. get in the character. Yeah, how do you even direct that? Like how do you direct that actor? I don't think you do. You I feel like, like you just kind of are like- role. Just have to be like, wow, yeah. Go. Right? It's like, how many times did Nolan sit back in his chair after doing a take where he just him. acted the shit out of it and just be like, damn. I feel like you probably just let him go and you get a bunch of takes and then you pick the most amazing one, but the they were all probably one, great. Yeah. yeah. I would just stay out of his way because he clearly knew what he was doing. Yeah. Maybe he was directed. I don't know how how he got to the place that he got to. No, I don't know how you can direct that because it kind of just looks like one of those like toys where you like pull the zip tie out and yeah. you're just like, and <laughs> go. Well, I love when you hear that an actor is staying like in character on set or whatever and they're like, I'm trying to just be in the zone so I can do a really good job, which I guess uh, Adam Driver was trying to do with Kylo Ren on oh, yeah. Rises. Yeah. You, you mentioned that, right, Robin? Yeah, people were like afraid to talk to him on set because he w- he had like an anger problem because he just stayed well, like, in though. the so zone. So I hope that makes a better character. I think Kylo's like pretty decent as a character in general, but I hope that makes it better. But then you, how do you direct someone that's already in character that's not like you know like hey how does that take what you know what do you want from me faster you know crazier or whatever instead of like they're in character so how am I going to direct the Joker when he's like <laughs> you know I don't know I, I would like to think that you don't direct them you just kind of are like end action and then yeah. like you just let them go well in a perfect world every director would have actors that just knew what to do you know yeah. what I mean you don't have to like actually direct them yeah but. yeah as to where I believe most actors are more of sort of a mannequin that directors just put in position. Well, they're there to help. Heath Ledger's yeah. performance in that movie cannot be that. Yeah. Right. No well, you can't tell people how to maneuver. You know what I mean? Like some of that's got to be feel. Well, didn't he also do a weird thing where he would like lick his lips or something? He would get like all worked up and then he would kind of like and you're like, wh- who even yeah. does that? He's crazy. But it's all the weird, like the little quirks and nuances like that that make the character. Right. Like there's probably things he was doing that no one's really aware of, you know? Yeah. Like could just be like how he was like holding his, you know, fingers and his toes, you know? Little like minute details that he threw in there. Um, Robin said something earlier that I thought would be a good segue into this next one, but now I oh, can't man, we're remember. we're done about Jokers? I love how we we're skipped not done with Jokers. Jared Leto. We're not done. That's what we're getting into. We're okay. getting into Jared Leto. <laughs> we haven't seen it. I think we've seen enough of his performance as the Joker. I would go for him as like this Cesar Romero guy where he just like is a pretty boy. Here's, it wasn't like, Robin. Whatever. It was you. It was you who said the thing, and we're going to bring it up in a minute. First of all, Jared Leto, take this outside? Jared Leto's a creep, apparently now runs a cult. Anyway, he's not a good dude. He's just he not a good creepy, dude. He creepy, a little But anyway, creepy. so his Joker, they made just like a thug, right? He had, like, he, there wasn't sort of anything special about him. There wasn't any 
jokerness to him. He was just a criminal he had like a with grill, hair right? and a grill. Yeah, that doesn't seem joker. And he just like hurt people. It was just not, the there was out. nothing Batman's joker about the guy. He was just, just he's guy. kind of just like what the joker was before he was the joker. Right. It's just like a criminal and then he becomes the joker. But anyway, you said it's interesting how people don't get out of character for the roles. Sure. So Jared Leto, do you know about this? Do you know like how Jared Leto like got so into being the Joker and he just like wouldn't let it go and he was sending the cast of Suicide Squad things? Have you heard that? No. I feel like something was brought up when they were on uh, Conan's like Comic-Con panel or something. I might have heard this. I have pulled up a list (laughs) because I only knew of one of the things. So I knew that Jared Leto sent the Suicide Squad cast a live rat, Bullets, A Dead Pig, I'm not going to read the next one, Porno Magazines, and A Love Letter. And so that movie was no good, and Jared Leto's no good. My interpretation of Jared Leto as the Joker is that he got this role and he was excited about it, but he doesn't know how to do it. He thinks that this is what he has to do to convince people that he is fit to play this role. And it doesn't feel real. It just feels like a little bit of attention-seeking, obviously, and also he needs to convince people that he's right for this role. Dude, you already got the role. It's not a great role. It wasn't written well. That's not his fault. But doing stuff like this is no good. So we could just skip right by him. We haven't seen the movie, but but the clips that we've seen of him are all that he's in the movie, more or less. But Heath Ledger might have taken the character home with him and that could have contributed to why. I, don't, I actually don't know. Maybe turns people into monsters, you know? Maybe, but like everyone else is fine. Well, he was the first person to play the Joker after Heath Ledger, right? Yes. So, so he, he felt, he might have felt, but so that was part of my point. Like he might have felt that he had to do this. Yeah. If he didn't go overboard, how would it be, how would it compare? You know, like I'm going to be a little bit more subdued with Joker. Remember how wild he was? I'm going to dial it back a little bit. Unless you die before you finish filming. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, no one, it's so, it's similar, similar to Batman in that the public has not supported any casting of the Joker ever. They didn't want Heath Ledger. When it was announced that Heath Ledger was cast, I remember being like, oh, that's an odd choice. You know, and and the public sentiment was that he might not play a good Joker. And then he played the best Joker. Yeah. And I feel like fear of that happening transitioned a little bit into Jared Leto. And he felt like he had to reach Heath Ledger's level. My point is that no one was ever supportive, but then all the people who have played the Joker have done really well and people like the movies. So maybe if you would have just sort of relaxed Jared Leto you could have played it the way Why don't you, you would work have... on the laugh a little bit more rather than <laughs> uh, sending love yeah, letters you, you could have played it the way you would have played it and it and people would have appreciated more sure I don't really know but yeah, yeah. it was no good and he it's gross um are we gonna go into other jokers so that's all that I had on the list for movies other than so I are you gonna go to Gotham I wasn't we can go to Gotham but what I want to mention because I skipped one with adding Ben Linus, I I ended up skipping one inadvertently. Zach Galifianakis as the Joker in Lego Batman, <laughs> which is a great movie. I have not I've seen never it. Saw it. Yeah, so we're gonna don't worry. I've got a list. We're gonna watch them. This will be a two parter. This will be a two part episode. So Batman, Lego Batman's a good movie. It's obviously for kids, but there is a hint of what I love about the Joker in that sort of meaningless without Batman. Like that's that's a little bit the point of the movie, like that that the Joker and Batman are soulmates and that when Batman 
tells the Joker he doesn't need him. It sort of sets the Joker free to just be this giant evil supervillain, whereas the Joker thinking Batman needed him keeps the Joker maybe a little more subdued and just like Batman and Joker fighting instead of Joker destroying the world. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, pretty good movie. the evil from the wine bottle. Right, yeah. Pandora's wine bottle, we call that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I have on this list. I like the idea of- You want to talk about Gotham? Well- can I just touch on Zach Galifianakis? Yes. I never saw that, but I love the idea of a comedian being the Joker. Like the idea of being a literal comedian to be the Joker is awesome because you have to understand human nature. And I think comedians understand human nature like better than most people. Hopefully actors in general get that because you got to like get into different people to be an actor, obviously. But to be a comedian, you've got to like flip everything that humans think about themselves and whatnot. So I I feel like a comedian would really understand how to do stuff with that. Maybe Lego Batman, not the most deepest um, way to do it, but I I mean, it's a Lego, so (laughs) they can do whatever they want. It looks great. But yeah, no, I I think that would translate well to screen if you were like, let's get a comedian that, you know, says what's on their mind kind of thing. And you're like, oh, I don't want to laugh at that, but I get it. Like you say with the dichotomy between Batman and Joker, you're like, we're the same, bro. Yeah. And you're like, no, we're what not. I said. That's like, a good paraphrasation. Uh-huh. Sometimes I can get it right. <laughs> so what if they did like... <laughs> There's also a lot... Of, sorry, go ahead, Robin. What if they did like someone like Dave Chappelle is the Joker? Well, yeah. So that was the last comedy special we watched. We yeah. should brought that up on the podcast. But yeah, you're right. Where he was like... Have you seen it? Or heard about it? No. It's It wasn't that great, but he says a lot of stuff where you can tell he's just like, he's speaking his mind and he's, he doesn't care. He's saying stuff that people are thinking and also like trying to get a rise out of you at the same time. You're like, I don't want to say crazy. I shouldn't say that. He's saying that and being like, why not? It's a word, you know? And being like, oh yeah, you're right. It kind of is a word. And he's like, but you're afraid to say it. We could talk about this. It's not really fear. It's more of like a respectfulness kind of but thing. But like the, the, they understand the world in a different way way than the average person and the joker has an understanding of the world and he makes it work for him you yeah know? i don't know i feel like comedians would get that yeah no i'd be interested not necessarily specifically dave Chappelle, but someone like him who what's just, the deal well, with batman it's an no. int- that's an interesting no, never <laughs> it's an interesting point because joker jo- joaquin phoenix he's playing a comedian who becomes mm. the Joker. Sure, yeah, I wasn't even thinking so, about that. In that regard, maybe, you know, that might that might be like a it's plot so point of this movie why, that why makes it, you know, makes it more entertaining to to you and other people because of exactly all the points you just made. Well, it, I don't know, man. We should have seen the damn movie. But I'm seeing it next week. You guys want to see it next week and we could talk about it in two weeks. Yeah, we should do that. Uh I like that. I like that comedian aspect of it. Whether a comedian plays him or that he is a comedian in this new version. And then that's just frames how he sees the rest of the world. And he's like, instead of telling jokes, like I'm just going to like fuck with people. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about him. So I watched Gotham for as long as I could bear. Was it also about three episodes for you? It might have. I might have gotten through the first. I really liked the cast. Again, like I really liked I like. I really like Ben McKenzie as Commissioner Gordon. I like the guy who played the other cop. Oh, the guy from, uh, he was the dad on uh, that show, Grounded for Life. I don't, I, like I don't think he's that's, the partner. He's the jaded partner. No, I don't think that's the same guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Help me out here, fact checker. <laughs> this guy, whoever that is him. Yeah, that is him. All right, well, cut this part out where I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, can you just tell me what the name of his character is? Do you have it there? Um, it is Bullock. Yeah, Harvey, yes. Harvey yeah. Bullock. Harvey Bullock. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's really a- liked uh, the guy they cast as Penguin. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Penguin. And I think I liked, you know, I didn't make it that, I okay, I've watched the clips of the guy who plays the Joker, and I've watched, like, the end scene of the show with the Joker, whatever the last scene with the Joker is in the show, I've watched that. So anyway, that's my knowledge about that. I really wanted to like the show. It got really terrible. It just got really bad. Russ and I would watch it all the time. Or once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like his portrayal of the Joker? I don't like that actor that much. Yeah. The part looked good in the, you know, the ending scene that I saw when, when he was sort of all put together as the Joker. But again, he's got a backstory and Batman knows who he is and like, you know, knows Wait, his Batman's real name a kid and stuff in that, like right? that. That's, what a weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that kid. I also don't like that he's in uh, Mayans, the the Jedi uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah. I really will be renting that game to see how much I like it. It's got to just be Force Unleashed. No, dude. It's in continuity, and there's so many Inquisitors. It looks like a really good game, but like we were talking about earlier, where you don't want actors from different franchises because it takes you out of it. I'm way out of it, I just think of him, because we've watched watched most of Shameless. I just think of him as that crazy kid from Shameless. Even, like, I can't even watch, like, gameplay currently, just, like, the previews of it because it just, it completely takes me out of it. And especially, like, they made it look like him and that his voice is very distinct. I'm I'm excited for the actor period because that's obviously, like, an actor is not going to turn that down. They're like, I'm going to ruin it for somebody on the internet. Like, they're going to take that role. So it's, so cool for them, but it is a little bit like, oh, it's the guy from Shameless. Yeah. Sucks for him to have to deal with people saying that. Uh, I think it's going to be successful. I think the game is going to be It's a small gripe, but it... I think the game looks phenomenal. It has ties to continuity that I really want to learn more about. Like one of the things in the Charles Soul Vader, the one that takes place right after Revenge of the Sith, is the introduction of the Inquisitors, which is a part of the story that I find very interesting and want to know more about. And apparently the Inquisitors are a big part of Jedi Fallen Order. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah. just want to know more about them. I mean, we know how it ends, right? We know how the video game is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just want to learn more. It looks like a really great game. Yeah, anyway, no, he played we'll the Joker it. once and he looked fine, but I can't watch that show because it's just got really no good. I watched one, maybe two episodes where they started introducing Selena Kyle and then I was like, can't do it. This is getting, it's too much now. I can't do it. Yep. And I was really, really excited. Like even the first like few episodes I watched, I was like, they're not great, but I'm going to stick around because I'm pretty excited about this. But I just, I couldn't do it. I think the Penguin stuff was more interesting than Joker, but we're obviously not talking about a Penguin movie. Next time. <laughs> Maybe that's who Jonah Hill will play. Kevin Feige is going to say, hey, can I do a DC movie? <laughs> I have an idea. You're not coming over here, Kevin Feige. <laughs> that would be crazy. All right. Does this bring us finally to Jacqueline Phoenix? Uh, I w- we could talk Jacqueen? about that. Jacqueline. Uh, I wasn't going to go to Joaquin Phoenix because we haven't seen that movie. So we're going to see the movie, but we're also going to watch all these other movies that we've talked about today. We're just going to have a Joker marathon and see how our brains do at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when we when we have, I mean, we, this is episode five, but when we have 
a topic <laughs> that comes up once and we like having predictions and thoughts yeah. on like a trailer, you know, and then seeing it. And then after, it, it's interesting to see how your thoughts kind of evolve over time. Yeah. That's why I think it would, that's why I thought it'd be interesting to discuss all of this, even with the Batman movies that we've already seen and then watch them to like watch them now in our lives and see what we think about them. I don't think 89, I don't think the Tim Burton Batman movies are going to hold up in my mind. And I don't think Batman Begins is going to either. I don't know what it would take to sort of dislodge Heath Ledger's Joker from making that movie amazing for me. I mean, I like I was saying earlier, I rewatched the Tim Burton Batmans a few years ago and I liked them more. I think because as an adult, you can actually like process what's going on. Whereas mm-hmm. when I originally watched them, it was the early 90s and I would have been under the age of 10. So you don't really process it as a thing you're seeing. You're just like, oh yeah, bright colors and yeah. good actors. and Maybe not so many yeah. bright colors and Tim Burton's Batman, but but still, you get yeah. my point. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Batmobile shoots flame out, flame out its butt. Yeah, that's the coolest Batmobile, though. Yes, let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, Joker, Joker, Joker. We've hardly we've talked her. about all the Jokers. So now we're gonna watch the movies and we're gonna report back. Okay, let's get into the next thing. Star wipe. Joey's secret surprise question that's called the same thing every week. Surprise question uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this one. Long and hard. I put a lot of effort into coming up with this question, and I want you all to put a lot of effort into your answers. We've talked a lot about the history of the Joker today and who our favorite Jokers have been. And I want to know, right here, right now, who is your favorite Batman and why? We'll go to Robin first. Oh. Because she had the most curious look on her face. (laughs) I would probably say Christian Bale just because I think he's a really incredible actor and I think he did a really good job with the role. Yeah, he's equally as crazy. Yeah, and like we were saying, Begins is the one where he like goes and meets Ra's al Ghul and all that, right? Is that Begins? So it's a point of contention, I think, with myself and maybe other Batman fans that for our our entire introduction and, and life with Batman, even in sort of animated context in comic books if anyone ever said Raz they were corrected to Raish because his name is Raish al Ghul and then in the movie they just said <laughs> Raz uh, anyway That's go fair. ahead I liked that movie a lot I thought it was really great not quite as good like we've all been saying as Dark Knight but I still thought it was a really good movie and that's one of the reasons I really like him as Batman Mm because I just think he did a really awesome job and then continued to do a really awesome job in the other two movies. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to go with. Do I have to go with a movie? No, pick any Batman. Batman Beyond. Yes. (laughs) He's got the red bat on his chest and he's a high school student, right? Yep. He's a kid. Yep. Kid Batman. That's pretty much it there. I just remember really enjoying that, that series. Are you familiar? Um, I think I might have a McDonald's toy in our basement somewhere. But I, yeah, think I can't go extent. much more specific than that. I don't consciously remember too much about that, but I just that was on and I watched that one a lot. And I think probably him being a, like a kid, just like the 90s, like Spider-Man, mm-hmm. probably like a similar kind of thing where you're like, I could almost relate to this more. Yeah, I, I really liked Batman Beyond. I really liked the show, the stories, the art work in the show like the animation was great old bruce wayne and ace his dog Mm. big great dane he was a cool dog and yeah terry mcginnis batman just a really cool concept i think along with 
So Harley Quinn, the character, was originally introduced in Batman the Animated Series. That was her introduction. And then she was incorporated into the comic books and given a history and stuff like that. I think similar thing for Terry McGinnis as Batman Beyond. I don't believe he was a character before that show. And now he's got, you know, comic books and all kinds of stuff and is sort of a fan favorite. But yeah, very good show. Very interesting character. I was wondering well, if you were going to bring a, that up. I don't know if there's a Joker he's, in there. Is a mo- yeah, that's a movie, Return of the Joker. Mark Hamill voices the Joker. For Batman Beyond? Yeah, there was a Batman Beyond huh. animated movie, Return of the Joker. And uh, I believe Mark Hamill voiced the Joker in the Makes movie. Makes sense. Yeah, it's a very good movie. And so Batman Beyond, I think, was canceled. I don't know. Anyway, at some point... Yeah, it ran for three seasons and then it was canceled. And then Justice League Unlimited had started. It was a Justice League animated series. And there was an episode that focused on Terry McGinnis. And in that episode, Amanda Waller, who forms the Suicide Squad, she informs Terry McGinnis that he is a clone of Bruce Wayne. That sounds familiar. Yeah, we might have watched it in college. I I definitely had the the character design. Yeah. Looks cool. He looks great. I mean, that's just a cool suit. It's somewhat more practical because he can actually, like, fly. And, yeah, just a good character overall. What about you? Yeah, I think I'd go in a similar vein with Kevin Conroy. He's the voice actor for Batman on almost everything. Um, And I think he's my favorite Batman. And I think he's going to be playing Batman in the the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. I think he's my favorite Batman. And there we have it. Okay. That's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Krypton Alderon or send us an email at Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. Perfect. I've been Joey. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. And we've been Krypton, Krypton to Alderon. Robin didn't say anything. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Do it for Tree Tree G.